you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? And then skip down to verse 6. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shalt be turned into another man. Now what I want to talk to you about tonight, I titled the message, The Anointing. And this scripture we just read was uh, talking about Saul when he was anointed to be king over Israel. And so I want to talk a little bit about that. We're also going to talk about when when David was anointed to be king. If you look in verses 17 and 19, Samuel explains to Israel why he is uh, anointing Saul to be king. And, you know, if just to give you kind of a quick uh, overview, he, the Israelites had came to Samuel and, and said that they wanted him to uh, appoint a king over them. And, you know, up until this point, they had never had a king. They always were uh, ruled, number one, by God. And number two, there was always some prophet or, or uh, they are often called judges that were put in place to handle whatever needed to be handled during that period of time. And they had never had a king and that was mainly because God was to be the one that ruled over them. So, here in this first verse, Samuel is anointing Saul to be king. And he takes a vial of oil and pours it over his head. Now this oil represents the Holy Spirit. That's why they always used oil. It was symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It was, And the, the whole point behind that was to uh, convey that, that the Spirit of God was going to be on this person uh, for whatever the task at hand was. Now, Saul was anointed to be king, but I want you all to understand that, that this was outside of, of God's uh, original plan. God originally had a king in mind, and that was, that was David. But because the Israelites kind of got ahead of God, they... They uh, the, they wanted a king for the wrong reasons. He had to put someone in place. And you know, a lot of times God will honor our request even if it's not His will. I want you all to understand that tonight, that, that God will give you things that you don't necessarily need. Sometimes He will give them to you and, and just kind of let you go ahead and do what it is you want to do so that you can see there's a better way. And you know, his intentions was to, was to show the Israelites that if they had only been seeking him, if they had only been looking to him for their, for their guidance and their direction, their provision in their life, they wouldn't have needed a king. But you know, they, they had already been free. God freed the Israelites from any kind of oppression and tyranny. He made them a free people only to be ruled by Him. And what did they want? They wanted to be brought back under subjection to a king. So He honored that request. The point I want to focus on tonight though is the anointing. And you know, likewise, David was anointed to be king. If you look in uh, 1 Samuel 16 and 13, it says, Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. 
So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. So his anointing was a little bit different. If you look, you'll see that a vial of oil was used on Saul and a horn of oil was used on David. I told you that the the oil represented the Holy Spirit. So if you look at the amount of oil, you could probably draw some sort of conclusion that, that God was with David to a larger degree than He was with Saul. Why? Well, I told you a while ago that that Saul was kind of a filler. God had an original plan for David to be king. That was what he had originally planned for, but he had to, based on the request of the Israelites, he put someone else in place temporarily. So the anointing was with Saul, and we know we read that uh, Samuel prophesied to Saul and he told him that there were going to be some signs to look for. And he said there was going to be a certain point at which the Spirit of God was going to come upon him. So don't misunderstand me and and think that uh, Saul was not in God's will. He He was doing what God had put him there to do and he was enabled by God. But not to the degree that David was. So... Why is all this important? Well, I'm not here for a Sunday school lesson tonight. But I want you all to understand something about the anointing. I want you to look and notice every time you read in the Bible, you see someone that has been anointed with oil or anointed in whatever means. We'll talk about another one here in a minute. That there's always a purpose behind their anointing. The anointing isn't given to someone just uh, because it sounds nice. No, there's always a purpose behind their anointing. There's always work to be done. And the anointing is given to them to enable them, to give them uh, supernatural abilities. And I'm not trying to talk about uh, super strength and, you know, we're not talking about superman and superheroes. I'm talking about abilities that are outside of your own capabilities. And when you look at uh, the different examples that where someone was anointed in the Bible, you'll see that they were able to accomplish things that normal people couldn't accomplish. Now, you know, this may be at a level that... Well, let me just give you an example. When someone that is anointed to preach, preaches, the Word goes forth, and they, you know, someone else could get up and say the exact same thing. But because the anointing is there, it reaches inside someone in a way that the other person couldn't. It's not just the words that are spoken, it's the power behind the words. It's the anointing that rests upon that person that allows them to, to reach into places and accomplish things that couldn't be done otherwise. Now, it, now preachers are not the only example. And this is where you come in. The anointing is for all of us. And if you look at back in Old Testament times especially, the anointing was only given to priests, high priests usually, and kings. That's the only people that were ever anointed in the manner that we've read about tonight. 
Now this ought to tell you something. It ought to tell you how important it is. It ought to tell you that there is a great value associated with receiving the anointing. We have the anointing available to us today. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm not just talking about preachers and evangelists. Listen, all of us are part of this thing. All of us have a excuse me, specific task that God has called us to do. You may be sitting there thinking, well, God never called me to do anything. I guarantee you, you begin to look for that calling. You begin to search out what it is that God has put in your heart and there's going to be a task at hand. He has a purpose for your life. And I want you to understand tonight the most important part of all of this is that you will not be able to fulfill and complete that task to the level that He has planned for you unless you receive the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it is a it is a purifying agent. It is something that not only purifies, but it, it gives you power from an external source. And the anointing is what breaks every yoke. That's what the Word tells us. It's the anointing that breaks the yoke. You wonder what in the world does that mean? Well, listen, if you don't think there's yokes of bondage in place today, you're sadly mistaken. I guarantee you, if, if not right now, every one of you in here has been in some form of bondage in, at various different points in your life. But it's the anointing that breaks those yokes. If you want to accomplish what God has for you, you need the Holy Spirit. The anointing wasn't only a source of power though. It was a way of confirming to that individual that they're chosen by God. Now this is what I was talking about a while ago. How, how important this is. How valuable this is. Because when you realize that you've been called to do something, you, you think about for a minute who it is that's calling you. It's God, the Creator of the universe. He thought enough of you to, to call you to a task. And to assign you some work, he, he's, he's entrusting that task to you. It's not that He couldn't do it on His own. Yeah, He could just snap His fingers and it'd be done, but that's not the way He does things. But the nice thing about it is He, he provides this anointing. It's a, it's a source of power, but it's not only that, it's a mark that's set upon you to say, He's one of my chosen ones. I called Him. You know, when you look at soldiers that go into the military, they wear certain insignia that tells you something about them. The anointing that rests upon us as Christians ought to tell the world a little something about us. We're chosen by God. We've been called to a higher standard. We've been placed at a point where other people ought to be looking up to us. I'm not trying to exalt myself tonight. I'm not trying to say I'm better than any of those people. 
But I'm trying to tell you that, that I have a place and a position in the household of God. And it's because of that anointing that I know is upon me that tells me who I am in Christ. And it's because of that anointing that enables me to complete the task that I have to do. The anointing is everything to me. If it weren't for that, I couldn't do what I do. And You know, I don't know, you can make your own decisions about how well I do it. That's not the point. The point is, no matter how well I'm doing it, I wouldn't even come close doing it on my own. You know, I hear a lot of people, a lot of people think that they don't have a purpose. Okay, yeah, I'm a Christian, but God really didn't call me to be a preacher. He didn't call me to do this or that, evangelist or missionary or whatever. But you know, there's a whole lot of things that God may call you to do that maybe don't stand out to other people as being all that important. Yet they're still equally as important. We all have a a purpose that God designed us for. There's a reason why He made us the way He made us. But the cool thing about this is that when God made us that way, He provided this anointing to, to enable us to do it even better. When it's, it's like a, a missing puzzle piece. You know, you can look at a puzzle and there's pieces missing and the picture just don't make much sense. You may get a, a glimpse here and there of what's really going on, but until all those pieces are put in place, it just doesn't make much sense. But when you put them in place, it's like, oh man, well that's a beautiful picture. When the anointing comes upon you, and listen, I'm trying to instill some desire in you tonight to to search a little deeper, dig a little deeper. When the anointing comes upon you, it's like the the it's like the picture is complete. All the pieces have been put in. You're now you're now a, a complete package. And looking at it from an external place, other people will say, "Man, he's just got it all together." Is it because you're just that good? No. No, it's because that missing piece has been put in. It's because that missing piece, which is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, has come in and is enabling you to do what God has assigned you to do. The anointing is everything. I'm trying to tell you tonight that if you don't understand this, you need to do some searching. If you don't, if you've never tasted the anointing, you need to do some searching because you're missing out. You're missing out on on the whole point of this thing. Listen, there was one other person that received anointing that we want to mention tonight, and that was Jesus Christ. You know, he didn't do anything that God had called him to do until he received that anointing. When the Holy Spirit came upon him, he was then enabled to do what he was sent to do. You think, well, he was still the Son of God. Couldn't he have done it any other way? Well, I don't know. We're not going to discuss that because I don't know. 
The point is though, Jesus came as an example for us. He received the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He was uh, anointed to commit a certain act under God's leadership. He was sent with a certain task. And He didn't try to work toward that task of completing it until the anointing came upon Him. Until the Spirit of God came upon Him and enabled Him, He just waited. He went about doing His business. He went about living His perfect life. But He waited until the Spirit of God came upon Him. Now, what does that tell you? What it ought to tell you is that if it's good enough for Jesus, it ought to be good enough for you. You're not above that. You're not somehow uh, in a position where you don't need it. Because if He needed it, the Son of God, the Chosen One, the, the Messiah, whatever name you want to place on Him, if He needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon Him to empower Him, then you need it. If you expect to ever do anything in this life for God and be as successful and adept at doing it as He would have you to be, you need the Holy Spirit. You need that anointing to be upon you to confirm to you and to others that that was your calling. You know, I've seen a lot of people try to do things that they weren't called to do. Have you all ever seen that? Have you ever seen somebody try to preach that didn't no more have no business behind a pulpit than anybody else? They just weren't built for it. God didn't put it in them. Have you ever seen somebody do some things like that? The anointing confirms what you were called to do. I don't like to use people as an example, but you look at Shane over here. Shane knows what his calling is. He knows that, that his place is playing musical instruments in the church. And when you see him play and you hear him and you see the anointing upon him and you know he is where he's supposed to be. He is fulfilling what it is God has has put in His heart. He built Him for it. He designed Him for it. And the anointing confirms that to us. I want you all to be thinking this week. I want you to look and see. Maybe maybe you already know what your calling is. You just hadn't done anything about it. And you may be sitting there thinking, "I I know what it is, but... I don't know how to get started in this. I don't know where to go from here. I'm going to tell you where to go. First thing you need to do is make sure everything in your life lines up with God. The second thing you need to do is make sure that you have the Holy Spirit. I ain't talking about, listen, There's when you receive salvation, you receive the Holy Spirit in measure. Small portion. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it comes upon you, listen, there is boldness. I don't mean in a prideful way. But there's boldness to do what it is God has called you to do. There's clarity. You will know in your heart 
that you're doing the right thing. There won't be any question in your mind. So you begin to pray and ask God for that and seek it and desire it. Listen, desire is nine-tenths of the battle. God wants to pour His Spirit out upon you. He wants to anoint you to do the work He has you to do. But desire has to be there. If you don't want it, He ain't going to give it to you. 